keep on doing that over and over and over again, you're creating this really weak area in your neck. And that is, so now if you play some kind of contact sport, and soccer, what's the number one uh, person most likely to get a concussion now? A female soccer player. Number one sports concussion is female soccer player. More than boys football. And it's not from heading. It's not from heading the ball, right? That's not the big reason. The big reason is contact, right? When, when we were kids, Dr. Stu and Terry, my beautiful wife and I, were kids. When we were kids, soccer was, they called it, a gentlemanly sport. And nobody touched anybody, right? When you watch Pele, right? When you watch Pele, he didn't have to kick, you know, swat you know, someone, elbow them. He was just amazing, so amazing with his feet. He would just dance around people, right? Because he was so good. Now, we go to Atlanta United games, and we're like, oh my God, it's like watching a hockey game with a ball. You know? It's just crazy how, how, you know, how physical it is. So it's the same thing with, with soccer, with female soccer, that a lot of it's from the contact, and I'm seeing a lot of that uh, now with, with people. So, but imagine if these people are predisposed because they're putting their head down all the time on their phones, and they're putting their head down all the time on their iPads, like this, they're already building a, a very weak neck, right? So if you have a Game Boy neck or an iPhone neck, you know, or a Nintendo neck because your head's down all the time, then when you come in contact, you're playing football now or soccer or basketball or volleyball or wrestling or whatever it is, you have a way higher propensity to get a concussion, in my opinion. And <clears throat> this particular article here tells it all. I know it's sort of a, a, another one of those crazy words, heratopias. <clears throat> but what this shows is recent studies reported that patients with heratopias have a variety of clinical symptoms, including cognitive disturbance, psychiatric symptoms, and autistic behavior. And a, a heratopia is a brain malformation resulting from deficits of neural migration. So what, what this means is if, 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 if you have these, th this constant habit of doing something, right, you are now firing and wiring neurons in a wrong way, right? So if you have someone who's supposed to designed to be like this, and instead they're doing this, and you fire and wire and fire and wire like this, now that body thinks it's this, so that when a concussive a force occurs, now you're creating bigger problems. And here's another great article. Head flexion angle while using a smartphone, a text neck, an epidemic of the modern era of cell phone. But here's the pictures. See, when you're sitting like this, we're actually creating vulnerability. Right? We are creating the vulnerability to have concussions. We're creating vulnerability to have cervical spine issues. We're creating the vulnerability to decrease blood flow and nerve flow. 100% of, of kids reported neck flexion during studying with phones. 100%. Every single one of them reported that's how they sit, with their heads down. So look at this. They did a study, uh, a, a, and the, the way they, they named it is a surprising reason why smartphones are making us stupid. So the people, what they did is they took two groups. And they, they gave them a math test, which nobody likes doing anyway, but they gave them a math test. And half the group, they said, sit with great posture like this when you take the math test. The other half, they said, sit really slumped over like this when you're taking a math test. Right? The better posture, a group experienced 20% increase in testosterone and 25% decrease in cortisol. The poor posture group uh, experienced a 10% decrease in testosterone and 15% increase in, in cortisol. Tests are uh, much more difficult while sitting in a slouch position than sitting erect. Right? Proving over and over and over again that 
Just like we talked about before, when we said that diastasis is affected by stress in the environment, well, this is an environmental stress, right? Where the cell phone is creating an environmental stress to us. So one thing that we need to do with our kids is to strengthen their necks, right? So can strengthening their neck reduce concussions? Improvements in symmetric neck flexor and extensor strength and neuromuscular neck stiffness can decrease head acceleration. Showing that they did a study on, on, on uh, women in soccer, showing that if they gave the, the women neck strengthening exercises, they had less concussions than people who did not have them. Right? So who is better than anybody else than teaching these students what we know but us? Right? And then this is another amazing paper. I just found this this weekend. Uh, last weekend, uh, some friend of mine was talking to me about this. Diminished brain resilience syndrome, a modern-day neurologically pathology of increased susceptibility to mild brain trauma, concussion, and downstream neuroregulation. This is amazing. The, the number of sports-like concussions is steadily increasing, and the, what they're calling this diminished brain resilience syndrome is a physiologic state of nutrient functional deficiency and disrupted homeostatic mechanisms. What does that mean? What does that mean? What that means is nutrient deficiencies. So we are increasing susceptibility to concussions because we are creating a, a whole generation of kids who are eating crap, right? We're creating the McDonald's Monsanto generation. And these functional nutritional deficiencies are creating weaknesses in the brain. Remember this upstream downstream thing? It's coming up again, the upstream and downstream stuff. So we're creating these nutritional deficiencies that are creating these diminished brain resilience, right? Resilience meaning being able to tough things out, right? Number one. But then the second thing over here says disrupted homeostatic mechanisms. What controls homeostasis in the body? The nerve system. Who takes care of the nerve system? Us. Right? Do you see how we are a missing link? Do you see how we should be shouting this from the rooftops? Right? Because we can help kids come in and if they're eating junk food all the time, we can kind of counsel them and talk to them. You know, I had a young girl come in yesterday, and she said there's two things that she eats. Two things. Chick-fil-A nuggets and pizza. And that's it. That is all she eats. All she eats. Right? Do you think that that's going to give you the healthiest possible body? No. Right? So that's diminished brain resilience. And then she's never been adjusted. So now... Who's going to help her homeostasis? Right? It's us. Right? So I do one adjustment on her yesterday, first adjustment yesterday. And she's very trepidatious. She's had a zillion different other issues uh, and treatments, but from this kind of thing and homeopathy and this and all kinds of, I mean, litany of stuff that she's done. So all these different treatments and nothing's really helped. Um, and I sat with her and her mom for like a half an hour explaining everything I'm going to do, and everything I do is super, super gentle. And I do this super gentle bioenergetic adjustment, like this super duper gentle like this. And as I'm adjusting her, she says something like, something like, whoa. And I said, whoa? And she said, I said, whoa, like good? And she said, yeah, I feel something going down my spine as you're doing, as you're, you're, you're adjusting me. And then the mom calls me up later on that day, and I'm concerned that the mom is going to start saying something like, ring, 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 this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, what's going on? And she says, um, guess what my daughter just told me? And I'm thinking like, uh, you know, my headache's worse, <laughs> whatever, you know. And she says, my daughter, as we're driving home, said, I think this is going to work. 
this girl's been through the ringer, and she says, now, I think this is going to work, right? Who's, who is doing this but us, right? This is, this should, this, this, why aren't we writing these papers? <laughs> All these papers, every one of these papers have come from medical doctors. 100% of them have come from medical doctors. But they're all corroborating what we do. Right? They're all corroborating what we do. Right? So, uh, look, at this is brain-related behavioral changes. This is, like, unbelievable amount of changes with, with, when the brain is not working right. Who, who can do this? Right? And this says here concussion, but I substitute, you can put autism, ADHD, learning disorders, you know, I don't care, you can put almost anything over here, and it's going to affect everything over in this direction here. So we, we, we are the ones, right? I feel like we are the chosen ones to, to do this, but for some reason, we have no voice. And, to, you know, to add to what Dr. Terry and Stewart are saying, it's our job to have a voice. Because if we don't do it, who's going to? If we don't go out there on social media, who's going to? If we don't get on TV, who's going to? Right? You know the drug commercials are one out of every three commercials, right? Don't you think we need to pattern interrupt them here and there with a little bit of chiropractic once in a while, right? That's our whole point, right? And this is, this is important, too. I always tell people this. If you want to educate your patients, you've got to, during your report of findings, tell them, take out your cell phones and like your page, right? So I'm going to ask you guys right now, take out your cell phones, if you haven't liked my page already, take out your cell phones and like my page. And the reason I want you to like it is, well, number one, I like likes. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's because of my son. Um, and, but number two is because I want you to see how we are engaging with the people. right? And the reason that I think it's so important is because you know, on their Facebook pages, on your patient's Facebook pages, what are they looking at? A cute cat you know, over here, and a cute baby over there, and what someone is eating for lunch, and where someone's on vacation, and shouldn't they be, oh, there's a baby getting adjusted, right? And shouldn't they be like, oh, there's another baby, there's another baby, look, wow, there's a lot of babies getting adjusted here, right? There's a lot of chiropractic messages coming through. Shouldn't we be feeding this to them, right? Shouldn't we use Facebook as the tool that it's meant to be, right? Facebook shouldn't just be a, a depository for living vicariously through someone else's life. Right? I don't really care what anybody is eating, honestly. Even if it was the best thing you ever made, and you put a great recipe on, I don't care. Right? I want information that's going to help me right, help the kids. Right? So I use Facebook as a tool for advertising. Right? And that's what I think is, is so important. Podcast, you know, Dr. Terry Stu got one. I got one, too. I just posted my 250th episode, which is totally crazy. You know, it started completely on a whim. A student a couple of years ago at Life University said, you really should post like some of your messages on, on a podcast. And I was like, post them on a what? And they said, a podcast. I said, what's a podcast? Well, it's like this sort of recording of what you're saying, and then you can listen to it on your phone. So I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he showed it to me. And I said, okay. So I started recording my talks. Um, and now uh, I have 250 of them you know, posted. And it's just totally crazy. Thousands of people all over the world. Uh, it's all over the world, right? It's not just like the United States. It's like Russia, China, you know, Philippines, Israel, uh, I, people in Saudi Arabia are listening to this. I don't even know they understand my la the language, but somehow they're listening. You know, it's in Kazakhstan. That's, that's, that's the most obscure listener I have. So someone's from Kazakhstan, and I'm, I, I would love that person to contact me if you're listening. Uh, let me know how you found it and 
<laughs> if there's any chiropractors in Kazakhstan, I'm intrigued. Um, so listen to this. So developmental disabilities have increased across the board. Development disabilities have increased 17%. 1.8 million more children with developmental disabilities in 26 to 28 compared to 1998. The prevalence of autism increased 289%. The prevalence of ADHD increased 33%. Prevalence of hearing loss decreased uh, 30%. This is just crazy. Oh, and this is what I talked about before, right? Alzheimer's and autism, right? So I'm not just making this up. This is from the journal, this, this journal of Neurological Disorders and Drug Targets. Modern technology resulting in genetically modified crops and increasing gadgets and many electromagnetic frequencies have resulted in enhanced risk for neurological dysfunction disorders like ASD and AD. Right? It means both of them, both sides, right? From the youngest child to the oldest person, from the person who is recently born who is developing ASD to the person who is on the other end developing AD or Alzheimer's disease, right? That both ends of the spectrum are coming from this and there is an association. And this is another huge article I just did a Facebook post on. Developmental disabilities among children younger than five years in 195 countries. We used to talk about this when we had autism meetings. We used to when we go to the autism meetings. We used to talk about this is more of a you know of a United States you know France England you know South Korea like all the major industrialized very industrialized countries. They're the ones who have these kind of things, and all the the you know developing countries do not have these kind of issues. This is what they found. The global burden of developmental disabilities has not significantly improved since 1990, suggesting inadequate global attention on the developmental potential of children who survive childhood, especially in places like Sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia. Right? So what does this mean is that even in places like Sub-Saharan Africa, there's no cell phones there, guys. Right? They don't have the kind of EMFs that we have. They don't have microwaves. They don't have the same kind of stuff. It's still, these developmental disorders, including autism, are still happening even there, right? So this is a worldwide thing. This isn't just an industrialized thing. This is a worldwide global phenomenon. We are globally failing our kids, right? That's what really this means. We are failing our children. We are failing it because the system is failed. We're the only ones to be able to take the system, right, the way it's supposed to be. My father was in World War II. And the one thing that he taught me about World War II that he said was, he was in the Navy, and he taught me this thing. He said his favorite saying was, not on my watch. Right? Not on my watch. So why do I do what I do? Because not on my watch let it happen. Not on my watch. I'm going to talk wherever I can talk. That's why I teach students. That's why I teach for the ICPA. That's why I do blog posts. That's why I do Facebook posts. That's why I do podcasts. I do all this stuff because not on my watch. I will do everything in my power to make sure that the kids are adjusted. Whether I adjust them, thank you, Doug. <laughs> and to me, that is the key. That is the key. The key is to make sure that we try to get to as many kids as we can, right? The key is all of you, right? Like Dr. Caleb was talking about, right? We have a sacred trust. Guard it well. We have not been guarding it well. Chiropractic has not been guarding it well. We're guarding back pain like we're trying to circle around and protect our little back pain people, right? This is what we need to be guarding. It's the kids. We need to be guarding the kids. We need to be guarding the pregnant women. That's what we really need to be guarding. That's our future, right? That's our future. Our future is the children, right? There's nothing more important than a child. There's nothing more important than a pregnant woman. 
that to me there's nothing more important for us to do than to say, I am going to do everything I possibly can to get to as many kids and as many pregnant women as I possibly can because we can change the world. My favorite word, I've been talking about a lot uh, lately in classes and ICPA, is the word trajectory. Right? The word trajectory. There was a 2012 study in the, I'm not showing you, there's only one I don't have here, this just came to my head. There's a 2012 study in the Journal of Pediatrics called The Six Developmental Trajectories of Autism. And what that study showed is that according to the medical model, there are six trajectories of where kids go. And five out of those six trajectories are either steady or down. One goes up, and the one that goes up, they say, we don't understand why that is. What I'd like to suggest is that there's a seven trajectory, not just for kids with autism, but for kids with ADHD and kids with concussion and kids with learning disorders and pregnant women who are you know, having some issues and women who are infertile and all these other things. There's a seven trajectory. And that seventh trajectory is people under chiropractic care, kids under chiropractic care, adults under chiropractic care, pregnant women, everybody, geriatrics, every other character. There's a different trajectory, right? You have the responsibility, right? I'm not even, I'm not asking you. I am telling you. If you're sitting in these seats, I'm putting the responsibility on you, on your shoulders, to go out there and reach the people and start telling the story and telling the story and telling the story and never stopping because you can change that trajectory, but only if all of us do it together. Thanks so much.